0: 106 of the great escape minute the daily podcast where we dig into the great escape one minute at a time i'm rob and joining me today is aaron the host of out now with aaron and abe and a writer for we we live we live we live entertainment sorry we live entertainment (laughs) welcome aaron (laughs) Hi, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Ready to talk about uh, The Great Escape for uh, an entire week with you, if, if you're willing to you you're know, if you're willing to end it and come back every day.
1: I mean, if, if Steve McQueen can spend 20 days in solitary, I can, uh, I can handle this, I think.
0: Actually, we don't know how many days he spends in solitary. That, that's, that's one of the things that we're going to discuss today. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Minute 106 begins with hilts being let out of the cooler once again. I think this is his third stint that we've seen in the movie, and goes all the way till we see a guard turning on the spotlight. So, as we discussed last week, Hiltz is getting ready to to get out of prison for the umpteenth time, and you know you have the guards come, and they they you know the same guard as always. You have uh, Strathwitz standing there this time also to let him out. You know he's he's pretty happy. You know he's he's he's. One of the things that I love about seeing Steve McQueen in this movie is, is that you never see him upset, disappointed, you know, pissed off. Nothing, you know, he's he's always jolly.
1: It, it's funny because I, I I tend to think about that with Steve McQueen. Like, when is he happy in movies? Because it doesn't seem like very often. He's certainly cool. I'm not discounting the fact that he's he's a cool character, uh, but like, I feel like the movies I associated him with more generally are ones where he's <laughs> he seems like annoyed or very focused, or even angry, where this movie, this and, like, maybe Magnificent Seven, he just seems like he's having a good time. And these yeah. are, like, maybe this is, like, the worst situation he could be in. He's in a German, <laughs> German prison camp <laughs> compared to being, like, I'm in a cool heist with my friends. This is, like, I'm stuck in, in solitary confinement. All I have is a baseball to comfort
0: me, and Ives. <laughs> like, that's it. Well, I guess the baseball does comfort him uh, quite a lot. I think that's part of the the idea here is that you know he's he's happy about being able to to, to take his baseball with him into the into the cooler. Uh, he's very zen. Think, he's very zen about it. That's for sure. Yeah, there's no question about that. And uh, it's just interesting looking at him. I mean, obviously everyone knows that he's he's the cooler king, and that that's his that's his specialty in the you know in the movie and stuff like that. But but he, as you mentioned, he's he's just. He acts so cool in the whole thing. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I love the, the double play on the word cool because he's the cooler king because of the cooler, but he's also acts cool the whole time. You know, he's like the Jimmy Dean of, uh, of Luft uh, 3. <laughs> the way that, that uh, you know, and for him, it doesn't phase him at all. He's, he, he's able to, to, to do the time, you know, as, as a lot of other prison movies talk about, you know, that, that the solitary time is the hardest time, but he, he doesn't play it that way. You know, he plays it that that this is this is my downtime. This is the time where I get to to play with my baseball.
1: You know, he's he's numb to it at this point. Like it's a zen thing that he's got going for sure. But he's also just given that he's an escape artist. It would seem at this point, he's just like yeah, it comes with the territory. You get caught every now and then. You got to wait it out. You mean every this now and then. Horrible. He gets caught every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's. He he, he likes spending time in the cooler. I mean, a few weeks ago we discussed the fact that that that, that he and Goff were were uh, admiring the 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 large cooler that they had here, meaning they're expecting a lot of people to uh, to be spending time there. You know, Steve McQueen has the the most time of everyone in this timeshare. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's no question about he, he, that. He really won. He, re, he really won that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, some people have also I've I've, I've heard and, and read that people talk about the fact that that you know his smug attitude whenever he walks out of or walks in or out of the the cooler is is part of the whole idea of showing you know that that uh, you know I, I've compared this a lot to, to parts of Shawshank, but the idea that that you know th- there are ways of of doing easy time. You know, if you're if you mm-hmm. have the right mindset, and that's the way his character is, because you know we've seen when when he and Ives are both thrown in, we see that that he just goes in, okay, I'm 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 back in, and Ives every single time you see that that it just gets worse and worse for him each time. It's
1: crack cracking under the pressure of it, yeah. yeah.
0: And and he doesn't crack at all. For him, it's okay. Throw me in the cooler, I'll be fine. You know, give me ten days, fifteen days, twenty days, thirty days, whatever it is. You know, I'll be fine. I mean. Obviously, you know, he this time that that he went in, he's doing it, he did it on purpose. You know, he, he went out to go, you know, scan out what's going on around the town or around the, the, the local town of, of of Zagin, Zagin, whatever, however you want to pronounce that. And, you know, he, he did this on purpose. One of the things that they never mention is is how long is he in there for? You know, is he in there for 10 days? Is he in there for 20 days? Is he in there for 30 days? You'd you think that someone who they're going to keep capturing – they're they're gonna up his time every single every single time unless they just realize that it doesn't phase him anyway, so it doesn't make a difference.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. And like the, even the movie opens with the whole like the timeline's been compressed and everything to fit for you know it, it justifies why it might you know why it's only a three hour movie and not a a, a three month miniseries. Uh, but um, so yeah, I, I don't deny. Yeah, it certainly. The, the amount of time it's not that makes that just all the more makes him a cool customer. Like Tim Robbins wishes he could be as cool as Steve McQueen when it comes to people that go to Comic yeah, no solidarity and act slug <laughs> about it. And I and I was trying to think of like, are there other actors that could have like done, like he seems like such the ideal candidate for this part specifically. Like it's, there's not that there's not cool actors from the 60s that could have also occupied this role. Like Paul Newman comes to mind, but there's just something Paul like Newman McQueen
0: been able to do this again, you got him. I, he, he did Cool and Luke, and you know
1: it he is did, a present movie. It's but, but yeah, he did that. it's like and they co-starred in Towering Inferno together. It's like I mean, there's I'm trying to like other actors that are that have the kind of swagger of Steve McQueen. Yeah, there's not many. He's maybe the closest at that time, but also Steve McQueen just has a grittiness to him that I think really adds to it as well. Where you can believe him in this this part, this guy that's you know he's a cool customer, but he's also you know, he's the guy that's seen some... All like, that that's kind of what it feels like for for a Steve McQueen type to be, you know, the cooler king, the guy that can do this and, you know, not break a sweat about it. Right.
0: I mean, you, you brought it up. Who would you, if, uh, in modern actors, who do you think would be able to to pull off something like this?
1: Hmm. Modern actors, like... The
0: American, I don't know, like Josh Rowland,
1: maybe could do something like this. Um... Mads Mickelson came to mind, honestly, actually, as far as the guy that's like, he's a cool guy. He's got some grit to him if he wants to have it it'd be. And then you'd have, know, because now I'm thinking, like, what will be the setting for this? I guess would you just be doing a World War II movie again, but with, but just a modern cast, or right. would it be some other right. situation? I mean, personally,
0: I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of, of remakes and stuff like that. So I wouldn't really, you know, I, I try to stay away yeah, I'm from recasting because this, this movie is cast spectacularly. There's no, no question about it. Exactly. But the, the actor that comes to mind to me that a uh, modern actor that might have been able to 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 do this type of role as well is maybe George Clooney. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's what that's what hits me because of the coolness factor. You know that that he, you know, the way that he plays his roles. I can see it. It's a little bit of a stretch. I know that, but again, no, I mean, certain, no one's – certainly, it. like a like a like
1: a <laughs> post from dusk till dawn Clooney. I could see that working really well. Just like you know, a young, a slightly younger, like out of sight Clooney. Get you know, a, a, a movie where he right, a movie okay. where he escaped from jail. <laughs> that's that's one where I can see right, I can exactly. see that work.
0: <laughs> well, in the in the trunk of a car, but still, you know. No, no okay, I, I agree with you on that. So I think I think Clooney twenty twenty one would not do as well as uh, Clooney nineties.
1: Yeah, twenty twenty one Clooney, he'd be
0: he... send send Doug Ross into the role. <laughs> exactly. <you know. laughs> Right. So that, we basically only get a few seconds of, of this whole thing where, uh, where he leaves mm-hmm. the prison itself. And then uh, the scene cuts to we, we see Mac sitting on a stoop, you know, smoking a cigarette, reading a book, which, as we all know, is, is just a yeah. cover. And then it, it cuts to to seeing he'll actually enter the, the compound. Now, I just find it interesting because you see Strachwitz standing in front of him. So, the, you know, we, we missed something here. There's, you know, the, the idea of having him stand by the uh, by the gate, and then Strachwitz comes in because Strachwitz is just standing there, even though he was just next to him a few seconds mm-hmm. ago. Depends on how they cut it or whatever, you know, when they filmed it. It might be a little bit of a continuity error, but it's it's still a little bit believable. And then he walks across the compound, playing with his baseball, meaning that no matter how many days he was there, it still didn't bother him to be able to continue playing with his baseball. I guess it's it's. It's a little bit of he's able to to play with the baseball in a diverse way. He doesn't have to throw it against the wall, you know. He's just you know throwing it from one hand into the. Into and the it's floor.
1: just it's, op- it's it's open like defiance that. as well as far as just you know you yes. want to break us and you're not going to break us. We're here and we're going to you know we're going to hold on to the exact attitude that we'd have if we weren't here.
0: And I love the way that he just very simply signals Mac, you know, as he's walking by, and he comes over to Mac. You know they, they they greet one another and then he says all right when, you know it's like this is, this is what I'm here for. You've been waiting for me to get out of prison. Um, uh, and the answer is okay. We're we're going out tonight, and we thought they'd never let you out. Now that's a very interesting comment. Just they thought you never they never let you out. I mean Max, in charge of intelligence, they know what's going on. Even though, you know, when we discussed this a few months ago, they they weren't really sure about what Ives and uh, Hiltz were planning. Mm-hmm. They knew that something was being planned, but they weren't sure exactly what was being planned. And, and that was a big question that we asked back then. How did, you know, how was intelligence able to get that information? Because that's not information you're going to get from a guard. In this case, you know, the idea that we thought we thought they'd never let you out. So, uh, wait a second, they, they must know how long he's supposed to be in there for. You know, they're able to get that information. So there's the question that, you know, we didn't think that they were going to let you out. For another week or so, or is it? We didn't know what time today they're going to let you out. You know, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Probably more the former. Uh, just mm-hmm.
0: no, because if if the, if if they're going out tonight, you know, they're they're, they're they're ready to to break out tonight. So if they're ready to break out tonight, they must know that he was supposed to get out today. Because if he's getting out next week, that's not going to be <laughs> really good. Well,
1: just the way I mean, the way you're asking, the way they're phrasing it, I. Mm trying to think of the scene specifically <laughs> as far as like you know the context <laughs> that apply. yeah i sure yeah given how resourceful they are getting the information they need to i'm yeah I, maybe it probably makes more sense as far as just approximately when he's going to be able to get out there but even then just them understanding that he's in this precarious situation where he's constantly getting you know caught and whatnot and now it's like well, we have a set schedule and what we want to do and When's this? When is one of our team going to be like available for us? Yeah. yeah. See.
0: No, but it's not. He's an integral part of the team because they need him to be able to, to to find out about you know when how far the train station is and all that stuff. Which which is pretty. I, I wouldn't necessarily leave that for the last minute if I was playing. No, no there. I mean, at this point, they
1: don't they basically have all this all the information that they're not that they they're happy to leave him behind or whatnot. But don't they? Are they pretty much set as far as the things that they, the information they have from him?
0: No, how have they gotten the information? The idea now is they're going to get. The information. I'm screwing,
1: sorry, I'm screwing up when <laughs> when he's in versus when he's when when he's when he's able to communicate with them. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. No. Again, if if he was able to to to, to send out notes yeah. beforehand and stuff like that, then that would then they, then you're right. They don't need him. You know. And then uh, Mac basically says, "Well, okay, so uh, let's get at it." That's what Hilt says, and, and then Max says, all right, Roger's already waiting for you. Bartlett's waiting for you. And then he goes, I'll be there. What do you mean, I'll be there? <laughs> he's waiting for you. <laughs> I mean, when, 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 when you go into that much detail about what's going on, it just doesn't make sense. For the, 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 This conversation is just very strange. You know, he's waiting for you. Okay, I'll be there. Not, okay, I'll go there right now. It, it makes it sound as if, you know, show up at 5 o'clock. Okay, I'll be there. Not, he's waiting for you. That's
1: the kind of thing where this is like a three-hour movie as it is, and I can only imagine that. And you already talked about like, you know, the, uh, one guy waiting in a spot where it seems like, wise, it, it, like there there could be like a, you know, so much more that they shot, and they still had to, you know, compress it down to make this movie just, you know, flow as narratively well as it does. Which it does. <laughs> yeah, no it, 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 I that. mean, for, for, for a three-hour movie, I think this movie is pretty expertly paced. Yes, so no, no question, question. about it's, that. It's, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe more like you know, shoe leather kind of details as far as, like, really fleshing out exactly what everybody means at all times. But it's like, do we really need that? Can we just cut to the chase at some of these points?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It's just, I mean, even when looking at the script, the original script, I mean, it, it's all... This is a very choppy scene. I, I agree with you. It makes sense to do it the way this is because you get the gist of what they're talking about. Mm. But, again, when when you're looking at it... Minute by minute, uh, minute yeah. Minute by, I can understand. Minute by minute. Yeah. So it just... it. it <laughs> at this point it makes less sense because it's it you know it's as if they're reading reading each other's minds you know he's saying all right this is what we're going to do saying, i already know i already know what we are going to be doing and all right we're going to move on from there. that's also that's that,
1: that's also shorthand you know they've been together yeah. for presumably like a year <laughs> i something like that maybe
0: right no well the, the timeline in the movie is is that they've been together about 3 or 4 months
1: okay even that
0: the the timeline of the real escape mm-hmm. was a year. That's what that, they all got to the to, to the camp in March forty three and and broke out in March forty four.
1: My mind was thinking, yeah, you know, the year.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. no, no, that's fine. So here it's it's a little. They never mention what year it is, so it could be either forty three or forty four. My assumption is is it's meant to be forty four. You know, I could be wrong about that. So basically, they, they truncate the whole thing because they they get there around March. 44, and then the, the breakout is in August. So it's uh, four mm. or five months total, something like that. Basically, Hilts walks off after this uh, little conversation between the two of them, and it's just really funny because he walks off, and then what, is, what, what does Mac do? He looks at his watch. So, it <laughs> and also it doesn't make much sense. It's like, because they didn't say, alright, we're going to meet in two hours, we're going to meet in 30 minutes. You know, one of the things that I've joked about with a lot of people over the course of this is that you know hiltz doesn't really have a, a room or a bed because his room and bed are in the cooler <laughs> you know so like where's he going now <laughs> yeah
1: lean against a wall somewhere
0: <laughs> exactly he's going he's going to play play ball against against a different wall
1: you know i mean he che- checks his watch like i check my watch at random times for things even though i already know well or just for things that don't even make sense like i'll check my watch to see what year it is it's like my watch doesn't tell me what year it is it's just a habit
0: <laughs> it doesn't mine does
1: <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, sometimes it's hard to remember if it's 2020 or 2021 or you know, or 2050. Who knows? Yeah, either you either
1: know. way though, my watch will not tell me that when I look at it, but I will do it at random sometimes. Be like, what? it's 2021.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, sometimes I will look at my watch and then I'll I'll look away and then I'll I'll forget what time it was.
1: Yeah, there you, you go. Know, I forget <laughs> that I just look at my watch and then I got to look
0: back at my watch. You're right. <laughs> So yeah, that does that does happen here too, and then Matt goes in, into the into the barracks, and then they have a very interesting shot of the camp in darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nighttime. The, uh, the the different spotlights. You see uh, two guards moving moving around. The the music is great in this scene because it it's very eerie night music. You know, that's one of the things I love about the soundtrack of, the, of this entire movie is is that it, there there's so many different keys that they use. To, to, to play the, the you know the music they, you know sometimes it's upbeat sometimes it's, uh, it's a lot more eerie it depends on what's going on and stuff like that and they, they do that you know uh, Leonard Bernstein did a great job with the music here and at this point you know they're showing the outside of the camp or they're showing the camp from the outside and in darkness and there's just like eerie music about something something sinister is about to happen even though anyone who's seen this knows that you know this movie isn't that sinister. I, I wouldn't necessarily use that word for it, but they, they they linger a little. They linger for about twenty seconds on on showing us what's going on. You know, you see see a guard in a guard tower. You see another guard walking by, just to I guess give us a, more of a sense of danger as to what's going on. You know, yeah, they in, want in the, the, of the night. they
1: want the stakes to seem you know for a movie that's pretty pretty gung ho in its adventure qualities. Like it does, you know, it wants it to make you know make you aware that you know, there are real stakes here. There are people there that are, that are going, you know, if the death of Ives didn't convince you already, like people are going to shoot you if you try to do this and they want to make sure that threat is still alive, especially as we, you know, all th- this week of shows is all about the, the build up to the giant finale of this whole thing. So it's like, yeah, r- exactly. remember there are Nazis here and they're going to shoot you if you try to escape. So. Correct.
0: You know, the, the guard in the tower turns on the, the spotlight and that pretty much ends this minute. So did you have anything else you want to say about this minute?
1: Uh, not specifically. This is the most Steve McQueen-focused uh, episode of the week for me, I think. So um, <laughs> nothing to complain about there, but you know, I enjoy seeing Steve McQueen in the movie. Um,
0: did you want to say something else about Steve McQueen, about the movie, since, since we won't visit him again uh, during this week? I, nothing that's not going to take us onto like a 10 minute long
1: tangent about best motorcycle scenes of all time uh so um, <laughs> no he's a, like i said he's a he's a cool customer and i really like what he does here i i think you know with with an ensemble cast where so many characters stand out for different reasons he brings the you know not just like that big star power but just the kind of effortless cool of screen presence uh that he just naturally seems to have whenever he's on screen you're like oh cool hiltz is here like it's just like fun to watch it's it's fun to just see him involved in all of this
0: exactly all right uh so you want to come back in tomorrow to to continue discussing uh this build up yeah yeah i'm out the door but i'll come back in (laughs) all right no problem so why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you
1: uh, you can find me doing a number of things. I host a podcast out now with Aaron and Abe. My friend Abe and I talk about the weekly movie releases. I, I write for We Live Entertainment. All my movie reviews end up over there. I also write Blu-ray reviews for whysoblue.com. And I do the occasional article over at Variety. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. All
0: right, great. And uh, while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe at any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to the show. You can visit our Facebook group, The Cooler. You can visit our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Our email address is thegreatminute@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is greatescapemxm. So until tomorrow, tally ho! Tally ho! <laughs>